All right. So last thing that you watched. Oh, you know what I watched? <clears throat> I watched a guy stream. You know Advance Wars? No. It's an old Game Boy game from like 2001. Mm-hmm. It's Fire Emblem meets like Modern War. It was supposed to release on 9-11-2001. So it got delayed for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. This game also got delayed for the war in Ukraine. People have been making memes like Advanced War Games coming out and then the whole world is just sweating. <laughs> I also haven't been watching a lot. I've, I'm about halfway on like they released the Power Rangers uh, reunion show. I could not rate it any higher than a three at this point because like it is a perfect tribute to the original series but that's also a bad thing yeah (laughs) you guys you refurbished a piece of shit really well sound speeding camera rolling scene three take 303 mark welcome to take 303 powered by fort way media the podcast with one guy who knows a lot about movies and his friend we're going to discuss film television and today we're discussing air spoiler warnings ahead so Ben Affleck's Air, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris Messina, Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker, and Viola Davis. Am I missing anyone? It's a pretty stacked class. I just want to know who the guy in the who makes the shoes. I love that guy. <laughs> I liked him. He was good. He was, he was good. funny. So Air uh, follows the basically the behind the scenes story of how Nike signed Michael Jordan. Matt Damon's character, whose name is Sonny Vaccaro, is works for Nike, has a pretty close relationship with the CEO, and his job, what he's been hired to do, originally he's trying to lock a few players to sign a deal with Nike to promote their basketball shoes. And what ends up happening is, instead of getting three players with a $250,000 budget, they put the budget, he pitches that they go all in on Michael Jordan because he watches a video, some tape of Michael Jordan playing, and based on this one thing, and he's a... He does high school basketball tournaments. He knows basketball. And he goes, this guy is going to be great. And not only great, but he says, this guy is going to change the game forever. And for us, like you and I, we both were born in the 90s. We grew up in the early 2000s. We associate Michael Jordan with basketball or maybe the other way around where basketball is associated with Michael Jordan. And he's like his silhouette is on like everything when you play the games and everything. It's It's there. I was talking to Eddie the other day. And I realized that all the basketball players, because I'm not a basketball fan, all the basketball players I know of come from movies. So, <laughs> like Bugs Bunny, right, obviously, right, right. one of the best basketball players of our generation. It was really interesting to me as like a non-sports person to see the inner workings of that deal, especially since like nowadays, like Nike is like the top shoe brand. It's the right company. Now. Yeah. I think if you're someone who's born in the 90s, you grew up with Nikes being like one of the most popular shoes. And I I associate Nike with sports shoes specifically. And then, you know, showing us that their basketball shoe division was one of the smallest divisions in the company uh, is really fascinating. To be fair, this movie had a lot of things going going against it for me. The first thing is it's about basketball, which I don't particularly care about. Much more of a football fan. It's about sneakers, which again, I could care less about. Yeah, not a brand guy over here. Definitely not. But thank goodness the movie is not just trying to sell me sneakers, which I don't think it's actually trying to do. I really think it's just trying to tell a story. It also doesn't involve the sport to an extent. It's about that deal. How different would this movie have been, and they could have started with, just showing a bunch of different Nike shoes? Like, I could meet montages of, like, people walking around in Nike shoes, showing people running in Nike shoes... But instead, they start the movie with a montage of what it's like to be in the 80s. 
the songs just kind of like some of them popped out a little bit too much like it was just like oh like just to say that we're in the 80s the montage of Matt Damon waiting for the call while time after time was playing was hysterical I thought that was a weird choice as well. I forgot that that's in that movie. <laughs> that's my that's my only bad thing about this movie. You know what's funny? Yeah, I was just singing along. I didn't even I wasn't even watching like, Yeah. Like the lyrics like did match up, but like in the worst way. Oh really? Yeah. They did one of those what's happening, uh what the lyrics are saying is happening. Oh yeah. I didn't really. Someone I was listening to something the other day, someone says we're now in the era of brand movies. Like you're gonna just these founder type movies where you're not making movies about stories, making about a brand. I don't mind them if they're done like this. The movie, the theme from what I got out of it was inspiration. Like what inspires you to do something? Very, I could not agree with you more. Actually, you know, now that we're doing this podcast and not to get uh, too meta or anything like that, but trying to start your own company, trying to do something. Why do you do the Nike 10, 10 mottos? And I forget which one it was, but as long as you're doing something, making a great product or doing a good service, you know, profit will come, something like that. And I was very, yeah, very inspired. Be like, everything starts from somewhere. You have to take your shot. Watching Matt Damon drive down to Michael Jordan's house when he's told, don't do it. It's a big risk. But really, it's at that point, and what Matt Damon, the whole movie, Sonny Vaccaro is, is trying to prove, like, what do we have to lose? We're already losing. Take your shot. And so I, as for me, as we're starting to do this, it's like, yeah, just take your shot. And what he was passionate about was the game he's looking at these tapes and he's seeing something that no one else could see is that story true that he really just watched the tape and figured it out i haven't read that deep into it but i imagine that it was probably something yeah within that realm of like seeing either going to a game and seeing something or or maybe it was a tape yeah because i could see that being true like you're watching some tape and you're like you think they're setting up that play? Hold on, play it again. Like that's that's something like I see naturally happening. So if it's, I hope it's true based on that. Now to get a little bit more before I ask you what your favorite scene is, I, I've been brewing with this question and I don't know the answer to it. Why don't they show his face the entire movie? What's your interpretation of that? So one, uh, his I, meaning Michael Jordan. <clears throat> Damn, it really is. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's rough, man. Yeah, <clears throat> take a take a sip of water. If you're out there, listen, take it, take a sip of water. We are coughing a lot today. We'll give you some ASMR. <laughs> uh, for you, the audio listeners. We, I don't think I'm allowed to say what you did to your mic just now. <laughs> like, I, I put explicit content on these podcasts, but, like, damn, that was that was a little bit too much for me. Thirsty, what can I tell you? Mm. All right. So, yeah, Michael Jordan's face is not in the movie, other than his actual face at the end when they use stock footage that's definitely a deliberate choice and that's been done in other movies and i think it's because we're not telling a story about michael jordan we're telling a story about signing michael jordan so to put his face in there and make it about him would detract from the story you can make a movie about michael jordan's life space jam kind of did it this wasn't a story about michael jordan that's why his face isn't there to me, this story was really about Sonny Vaccaro trying to land a deal. And Michael Jordan's mother, really. I thought Viola Davis was great as Jordan's mother. Viola Davis, like, nailed it. And it wasn't even in any of the dialogue that won me over. It was how she sat down. Like, when she sat down on the phone and was negotiating that contract, she literally looked like how my mom would sit down on a phone call 
and talk to like relatives like it was like the leg cross the ar- the arm elbow into the other arm kind of thing i thought that was a great juxtaposition because that's the only time in the movie i don't like sunny because if you watch Sonny throughout the film, this is probably the only insightful thing I have to say about this movie. When he's on the phone, that's what he looks like. How Viola's reacting, how Jordan's mom is reacting. She's like, come on, what are you talking about? You don't to talk about. And Sonny almost instinctively, because now it's pushing against something he's not comfortable with. Like, he's been pushing against people with, comf- with his own uncomfortable ideas. And they're like, ah, I'm not sure we can do this. Now someone's challenging him. And I'm watching the same sort of reaction or expressions from Jordan's mom that I was watching Sonny do with people earlier. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Whether intentional or not, I don't know. No, I, de- I definitely think it's intentional because this kind of movie also, it's very different from some of the past movies that we've been uh, reviewing, even though we're only three in. Mm-hmm. Um, because this movie was dependent on two, maybe three major things, which is direction, screenwriting, and performances. It wasn't a movie that was you know, really pushing cinematography, really pushing the edits. It was it was about the story and the performances. Out of those three you just mentioned, which one was your favorite for you? So obviously Matt Damon killed it. Yeah. And the monologue he delivers to sell uh, the Jordans on this idea, and he talks about, like, your son is going to be bigger than basketball. He's going to be an icon. He's going to be synonymous with the sport he's gonna be bigger than any of the names already out there right now mad damon killed it in that scene i think he gives the strongest performance but i also want to give credit to chris messina who i feel like steals every scene that he's in that's the uh the agent yes oh he's my favorite character yeah he's so good in this movie he's my yeah my favorite character by far i mean obviously everybody was top tier but every time that guy was in a scene i was having a great time as i was saying about the speech, yeah. Selling, like, you're, he's selling Jordan to the Jordans. Yeah, and I was trying to look for the, the monologue online because it's just, it's so great. And I teared up a little bit during it because it was just, the heart of it was who inspires people. Yeah. The regular Joe, when he's coming home from work, when he's when he's uh, paying his bills, he's setting money aside for your son's sneakers because he believes in something. I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite. Sure. Because... You're like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Hit me with the hypocrisy. I felt like, in the same way I said last week, that Dungeons and Dragons didn't really do much. Mm. Yeah, no, but Nick, I'm listening in, bringing it. I feel like Air also didn't do much to the biopic. Like I've seen movies like this before. I've seen movies about the same kind of idea. This feels like you know, a little Moneyball, a little Jerry Maguire, a little Big Short. Like it feels like a lot of these kinds of movies. And the problem is, is that still liked it a lot like it it didn't do anything spectacular it didn't do anything new it played it very safe in terms of ben affleck directorial movies it's not in the top three for me but at the same time it didn't upset me i really enjoyed it yeah that's why when i asked you mentioned three things screenwriting performance and and direction direction Uh, what's which out of those three which one you think the movie did the best and this is this is probably why I have my ranking, which we'll reveal later, but which one for you? I'm going to have to say, for originality's sake, it can't be writing because it feels like, you know, cookie cutter in a sense. Sure. And I feel like direction, it played a very safe, didn't do anything new. So I'm going to say performances were the height of air. A hundred percent agree. That's probably why I didn't like the movie so much is because I felt like screenwriting and direction didn't really get a lot out of me. I didn't... Like it was solid, but it just, yeah. it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't spectacular, but the performances... Yeah, really driving home. 
And at the end of the day, right, it's just if you have good people doing something, even if it's just decent or okay, you know, you can do anything. You make something great, which is so true of this movie. So here's a good question. Um, it's very early in the year. It's only April. Sure. Do you think Air has it to be an Oscar or Golden Globe contender? No. I'd be surprised if anyone got nominated for this, really. Maybe Viola Davis scores like an, a supporting actress nom or something I like that. I can see people getting a couple nods, but... But no wins. No wins. Like, I think Falk should get it. Whoever that guy is, like the agent should get one. Um, and honestly, I got to give props to Chris Tucker. Okay, you know what we talked about? Chris Pine and George Clooney in the last episode, how mm-hmm. they're just playing themselves. Did you think this was Chris Tucker? Because I didn't think this like... I did not. He is definitely doing a voice in this movie. This was not the Rush Hour Chris Tucker. No, It has Chris Tucker energy, that fast-speaking, high-energy, sort of jittery almost. But it wasn't that, like, it matched his, like, uh, energy, but not, yeah, definitely not a Chris Tucker character. Can I just uh, say how funny it was to see Ben Affleck just walk around his office with, like, the Batman physique? Like, he's got those really broad shoulders and then they just taper everything tapers in you know what actually what kind of vibes i was getting from him i was getting like spider-man into the spider-verse kingpin vibes from him yeah yeah right that's That's what i'm saying like his body is like abnormal in this movie it just does not look real then i totally get what you mean okay so overall rating for air you know i was coming in here with a three but i think after talking about it so much like no there's a really lot of things to say and i think it's somewhere between a three and a four no i'm just gonna give it a three i think it's solid I think, yeah, because if I think back, which, like, I think the ratings, which are, again, all subjective, feel free to disagree, I really don't care. But, like, I would put it, I would watch, like, I would watch John Wick above all of these. Yeah, and later on, we are going to do, like, an episode towards the end of the year where we rate, like, top ten of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, we're going to the end of the year? Score. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're getting yeah. a nude. It's a three, but it's a, not going to put a point, but I think maybe a three above Dungeons and Dragons, which is a source material that I love. And this is something, like I said, I don't watch, I don't watch basketball and I don't care about sneakers. And what about you? For me, I kind of felt in the same boat, but my hypocritical ass was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a four. I'm going to say it was a solid, solid film. I would hundred percent watch it again. Don't have really any complaints other than the fact that it just didn't do anything spectacular. Interesting. So far, I feel like, and I thought I was going to be too generous with my reviews. I feel like you really like, you really like movies, Nick. I, I just, I go, I have a good time. Uh, favorite scene in the movie? Probably any of like the sneaker design scenes with that guy in the, it seems like they hide him in the basement um, because he is an interesting character and an interesting person and sad that like he passed away, also, the real guy passed away before the mm. movie uh that's just an interesting scene similar to how we talked last week about like the planning of a heist like just looking at this guy and he's like he's got a weekend to create the first pair of jordans (laughs) like that's insane either that scene or um the monologue because that was just like i feel like i'll i'll come back to that scene when it's on youtube i could definitely see that will be once it's clipped on youtube that'll be like a easily millions of hits and people being like yeah i feel like that will be like the the updated replacement for like the rocky monologue the you know when uh (laughs) it's not about how hard you get hit it's how hard you get hit and can keep on going no you you repeated it yeah so it's not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward that sounded way better (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just said like the same thing twice yeah okay great i would really love to know how 
real that monologue was from Matt Damon. Mm. Because when he says like, oh, they will tear down your son and he will have problems. And then they they go to like his baseball career. If he actually said all of that and like he pegged it and he was like, they will build him up until they tear him down and he will get back up and he will become an icon that will outlive this game. That years from now, we will all be gone, but his name will still go on. I really, yeah, it seems too good to be true, that speech, that it was actually said, but if there was something even closer it really was said, I would be highly impressed. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I see the guys after that board meeting like, yo, Sonny, sit down. We gotta, we gotta (laughs) shot down everything you just said. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's going to be in a movie 30 years from now. Where's the transcript, please? For me, my favorite part of the movie, and maybe this sounds really stupid, but I, every movie, I love it because I said, if they don't do this at the end of the movie, I'm going to be mad. I love reading about what happens afterwards. I love when movies do that. That's all I want to know. What happens to all those players? What do they do? Things like that. I love that they put the shot of Ben Affleck's car, the CEO of the company, that they got the actual car, that that they're not just like doing it for the movie. It's really how it happened. Uh, The question I big thing about Jordan's was that they had a a shadow figure of Jordan in the back of the shoes. I'm like, where is that? And I'm glad that they explained that. Random side fact. Do you know that Michael Jordan in the 90s games is not listed as Michael Jordan as a player? No. Because he's not, the companies are not allowed to use his, use his likeness. Mm-hmm. So he's listed as always like a player, like a dot player. And that made a lot more sense to me now seeing this movie, really how much Michael Jordan's mother really, Dolores, really wanted to protect her son. All right, so this seems like a good time for a commercial break. I've spent most of my life trying to figure out who actually wants to hang out with me. Are you tired of making plans with people and then realize later on, I don't actually want to be with them? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Just Haters. Maybe somebody made plans with you and they don't actually want to hang out with you. Well, if they subscribe for $5 a month, you can never see them again. It's the perfect way to tell somebody you love that you don't want to see them anymore. I remember wanting to see this girl, decided to go on a date the night before she subscribed to my Just Haters and we canceled our plans. It was so simple and so easy. I put up content up there like things I like to do, people I want to see, and people tell me, hey, nobody cares. They put thumbs down on my photos and I know I can stop. Stop worrying about whether people want to hang out with you or not and get the simple answer of no, nobody likes you. You can stop worrying about if people like you and know with full confidence that they absolutely don't. Our experts can tell you how unlikable you are with just the click of a button. Just haters. And we're back. So this week we picked Air and we were cycling through a bunch of different movies of what we could pair it up with and we went with jerry Maguire. jerry Maguire, 1996 directed by cameron crowe written and directed by cameron crowe starring tom cruise cuba gooding jr for a role that he won uh, best supporting actor for and renee zellweger so the story very similarly to air revolves around the sports world but isn't devoted to sports it's about the business side of sports so we have Tom Cruise's character in like a moral crisis. He's a sports agent and he's big business, fast life, that kind of deal. And then at one point, one of his players gets injured. A hockey and he, player. A hockey player gets injured. And he has like this moral crisis of like, oh, am I like really just kind of lost in this world? And I've only thought about the business side and I don't care about people anymore. And at the same time, he's also trying to figure out his personal life where he's engaged to this woman and he's not even sure if he loves her at this point. 
and and that's that's where the story of Jerry Maguire starts. Yeah, it's a movie that's about sports or has sports around it, but not necessarily you're watching people play sports. There's some of it, but not a lot. I wouldn't even say it's about sports. It just revolves in like the sports world. And one of the things I think Cameron Crowe does well, he directed Say Anything. Okay. Almost Famous, Vanilla Sky, Elizabeth Town. Sure. We Bought a Zoo with Matt Damon. I know what that is. Nope. And Aloha. Aloha got controversy because Emma Stone was playing like a half Hawaiian person and she is not anywhere close to it. Oh. Yeah, did you hear about the new controversy at Disney? They actually got a Hawaiian person, but she's too white. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. The girl that plays the sister. The sister. The sister, sister and sister. then her love interest, also not, uh, also too white. Okay. Dude, we gotta, <laughs> can't wait. But the, I think, I can say, I don't know about the guy because I didn't read enough, but the, uh, the actress that they got for the sister, the older sister, she's from Hawaii. <laughs> she is Hawaiian. Anyway. He does a lot of like in-depth character studies when he writes his movies. And one of the early shots in the film that really explains how the story is going to be told is that shot of one of the player signings and he's the guy out of frame that you never see, that no one ever talks about. He's the guy that's making those deals. And it's funny because we know one of those guys, Peter. Yeah, that I've I've been telling him for a long time. You got to watch Jerry Maguire because that's literally like your life. That's your job. I mean, not his life yeah. in particular, but his job. Wishing and you a good, good engagement, Pete. Pete. Yeah, yeah, great engagement. <laughs> Wish you the best. It's interesting. Just like Air, it's something you don't hear about every day. It's great when you can make those stories interesting and make them human stories. And Jerry Maguire, at the same time, is also a story about what inspires you and what are you passionate about. It relates very much to me. While I was rewatching it last night, I was like, shit, yeah. Like, I literally just Jerry Maguire'd my life last year where I realized, oh, I'm unhappy at the job that I'm in. Let me change that up. Let me do something that I'm actually passionate about and actually care about. And like the rules of Nike in the in the film, at least, um, is when you're doing the right thing, when you're doing what you love, you'll make a good product. And Jerry Maguire is not based on a true story. Kind of. Oh. So it's loosely based on people, but not particularly a story. Okay. So there is a talent agent that Jerry Maguire is loosely based upon. He didn't have the story where he mm-hmm. lost all of his clients and you know got the the one you know that that's the worst to work with and then eventually turn him into like you know this shining person he, they actually base it upon a guy who had like seven number one picks and then he also uh based it on a disney world employee who wrote a 20 page memo about how they should you know revamp their works interesting i had never seen jerry Maguire before that i heard a lot about it I've heard so many references about Jerry Maguire, and the chick from Jumanji was in it. Who? Robin Williams, the older woman. That oh, he... Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. See, I knew you knew. Another 90s yeah. woman. I hate that every, if my things are the dude and the chick from. Those are all my... <laughs> uh, the screenplay was nominated for the Oscars. It did not win, but... What? I know. There are countless lines from this that have become part of pop culture two of which made it onto the AFI uh, top 100 uh, best quotes of all time, which are show me the show money, me the money. And uh, you had me at hello. Is that really from this? That's you had yeah, me at hello. That's where it comes from. Oh my gosh. I was, when I was watching it, I turned over to my fiance. I'm like, I think this has to be where it's from. Or you're like, Oh man, that, that song from like, um, what was it? Uh, a day to remember. I love that band, but 
I didn't know that they wrote a song. That's not true. Let me be clear about my music taste. I like songs. I like bands. I don't necessarily get too deep into them. And talking about that scene with uh, Show Me the Money, there's an infinitely funnier line in that scene, which is Tom Cruise screaming at the top of his lungs. I love black people! (laughs) He doubles it down, too. And he's like, I love the black man! (laughs) That is so awesome. I love so good. Tom Cruise is excellent in this movie. Man, you've been like showing me these like old films we have to watch. Classic, good films. We have to watch like an, a bad old film. That's our next. <laughs> it's funny because Jerry Maguire is such a simple movie. It's a hundred percent original. So you didn't have like a movie like Moneyball. There weren't a lot of movies about uh, behind the scenes of sports. There were a lot of sports movies. Is for the people who really don't watch movies, by the way, I don't know why you're listening to this, but for people who maybe are like me and are just a regular movie person, don't know a lot, it's fun doing this with Nick because you get to hear and see things that you probably would never have. So You mentioned Jonathan Lipnicki. Lipnicki, right? Lipnicki. By the way, great name. Lipnicki, like, you are one letter away from being the greatest name of all time. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's a kid from Stuart Little. Yeah. The Little Vampire. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this guy. Much like the kid from like Star Wars, like they just had like they had their time. They had like this five year period where they were just killing it, and now they're just probably living off those residuals at yeah, this point. Which is not bad passive income, guys. Twenty twenty three. I mean, even he was a standout performance. The kid is. I mean, Krista's favorite character is like hysterical, like in tears, laughing. The human brain weighs eight pounds. I gotta go to bed. My mom's coming. I gotta go to bed. My mom's coming. <laughs> like he knows yeah Yeah. (laughs) gotta go he knows mom comes in smack down did you know that dogs and bees can smell fear (laughs) for for me jerry Maguire is one of those movies that it's on a list of movies that always make me cry i watch jerry Maguire. i'm bawling in that last that that last scene when he's telling renee zellweger how you know i miss my wife i cried when uh tom was happy for his client cuba cuba Cuba? i I don't know why i said cuba (laughs) Cuba, <laughs> no Cuba. When yeah, because he like successful. And what's crazy is I teared up and cried. And we were on the phone the other day, and Chris is like, he didn't cry. I'm like, why would I like? First of all, why would I? Why would I lie about crying? It's such a weird thing to lie about. You anyway, lie about not crying. Yeah, like that's what you lie about. I'm like, no, I I teared up and cried. I just don't show you because I love you, so <laughs> I can't <laughs> show you my emotions. Can't be vulnerable around here. Gosh. I love that they took a single a single mom and her relationship and navigating that tough world. Because I feel like movies today, they just show the dad, all re- like the stepdad is already there. They don't really show him working to try to get into the life. And if they do, it's usually negative. Like this guy is bad. This is like a positive. He loves the kid. He loves his, yeah, he loves her son. And that is so nice to see that it's a very human it's a human story for sure and we probably said human story about a lot of things now but i've never personally in my own life i've never related more to like i've never been rooting for a guy like no be with like be with this woman it'll be good for both of them and then when she when renell uh renee zeller says like i don't know what to do because you i have a man who truly loves my son but i may not love him i was like when i heard i was like yo that's crazy what a great line and I think that's probably why I don't give it the four, which I wanted to about um, with Jerry Maguire. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I gave it three and not the four. Thank you. Is because, yet yeah, that's what felt lukewarm to me. 
because I felt personal with the mom. Like, Viola, it's like she's where you can relate. Like, oh, a mom looking out for a son, that personal level. Even sometimes Ben Affleck, like, selling shoes out of your car trying to make it. So, like, the inspiration of that part. But I just, I really like the family component in Jerry Maguire. I thought it was awesome. What is my favorite scene from Jerry Maguire? My favorite scene from Jerry Maguire is... I'm going to have to go with the kid talking to him on the couch, man. That was awesome. For me, I I can't pick a, a, a favorite scene. There's just so many great ones where it's like, you know, iconic lines or iconic performances. But I'm going to have to go with uh, Show Me the Money. Show Me the Money. It was just, it's, I feel like that sets the tone for the entire movie. That you can have an extremely um, funny scene, but still have meaning for it. Who do you think gives the best performance in Jerry Maguire? I'm just gonna pick, well, maybe I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say Tom Cruise. No, I mean the cast is so small, like you yeah. can really pick anyone. I really like Cuba Cuba. I say it again, <laughs> I can't say the word Cuba. Uh no, Cuba Gooding Jr., I think. He you think he's the villain of the movie, but he's not really. I'm gonna have to just be a basic bitch about it and say Tom Cruise That's for okay. me. Yeah. But only because Cuba won the award for it and Tom Cruise didn't. I didn't what? Yeah. How did Cuba get in not, in not Tom? I mean, I'm happy for Cuba. Let's um, look at the 1996 Oscars. And Tom Cruise lost to Jeffrey Rush in Shine. And I have never heard of Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is the pirate, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He's like uh, one of the main guys on the, the ghost ship. You mean Balboa? Barbosa. Barbosa. Barbosa, yes. yes. Yeah, Balboa, not, not, not Rocky. Rocky. Not Rocky. <laughs> You mean Rocky on Pirates of the Caribbean? I was like, I know it was 420 yesterday, <laughs> JP. You mean the boxer but like... from Philly who's a pirate? <laughs> he moonlights as a pirate. Um, well then, enough sidetrack. Uh, final rating and thoughts on Jerry Maguire. Um, I think it's a good movie all around. I agree with you. Don't read up on it. Don't watch a trailer. Just watch the movie. I'm going to have to go um, five out of five. Yeah, it's not even close. Five out of five. This has been an episode of Take 303, powered by Fort Wayne Media. With every episode, we're going to be asking a question and leaving a poll. This week's poll question is, who is a better actor, Matt Damon or Tom Cruise? And finally, our question for the week is, what is your favorite sports movie? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fortway Media. Leave a comment on there. Tell us what you thought of the episode, whether you agree or disagree with anything that we said. And tell a friend about the podcast. The word of mouth is the best way. You can also follow us on Patreon. You can subscribe and support the podcast. Help us grow, help us release more content. We drop our episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to catch us for the next one.